Coronavirus has placed an emphasis on social distancing and studios are no exception. So here to discuss how you can still get the shot you want while still adhering to social distancing guidelines is Karen Walker, Vice President of Camera Motion Systems at Ross Video. Karen, good to talk to you today. Hi, good morning, good afternoon. Hello, hello, and Bruce Takasaki. He is the product manager for Camera Motion Systems at Ross Video. Bruce, thank you for joining us as well. Thanks very much, Tal. It's great to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you both so much for joining me for this episode. So, Karen, let's start off here. How are robotics being used to support social distancing in studios? Well, robotics are naturally, um, you know, it, it makes sense. You don't need an operator right there in the studio. So they're naturally... Um, socially distanced products, if you want to call them uh, call them that. Uh, so, you know, and robotics have been around for a long time. Um, but what we're seeing is a lot of people using robotics now because you can't have people in the studios. Um, and the big advantage using the robotics is that it can be done remotely. Uh, so you don't need anyone in the studio. They can be remote, um, remote driving these robotics from home. Absolutely. So we've talked previously uh, on various episodes of, of this broadcast about the capabilities of Ross's dashboard platform. So, uh, Bruce, can you utilize dashboard to provide uh, some additional functionality with robotics? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the nice things now that we have uh, in dashboard is control over our pan tilt head. So, um, you know, a typical workflow for somebody who's doing an automated production is that you're recalling shots through automation. Um, but once in a while, you need to uh, make an adjustment uh, we call bumping or trimming a shot. Um, so with dashboard, anywhere you are, you could log into a dashboard panel, um, connect up to the robots and make adjustments to the heads um, while you're doing a production. And this has really been key to allowing people to do things from home um, as uh, you know, many of our customers are not able to bring their staff into the buildings anymore. Yeah, that's an incredible uh, feature of all of this, isn't it, Karen? And this is something that you mentioned in, in your first answer, the fact that uh, you can utilize these platforms to, to control robots from anywhere, right? And so this really provides uh, that additional flexibility to, uh, to these broadcasts. Exactly. Um, you know, as Bruce mentioned, and as we all know, you, you just can't have people or or you have the minimum amount of people you can possibly have in a studio. Um, so the ability to have uh, full control from a home, uh, from anybody's home or remotely is, is perfect, especially for this situation. You're minimizing any risk uh, because obviously you have to have maybe the talent in the studio. Um, so you're minimizing any risk of contact with people that they don't need to be in contact with yet you can still have the most creative shots you possibly can where you know that people are traditionally familiar with with manual equipment um, so you can still do that with the robotics and you can do that remotely so bruce i wanted to follow up on something karen just mentioned uh, you know I, I would suppose that the goal is for viewers to not notice a difference between robotic and manual movement so is it possible to produce camera moves that uh, that emulate uh, manual movement using robotics yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the key things about robotics that maybe people don't realize is that uh, not only can you recreate what people were able to do with manual uh, pedestals in the past, but you can do things that even uh, would have been impossible because you have just more control over what the robot's doing than um, you know, it, it's a lot to handle when you've got uh, lifting the, the camera up and down, panning, tilting, controlling the lens, zoom and focus, moving it across the floor. It's just, you know, there's so many things to deal with if you're trying to combine all those into a single movement that for one person to do that at, at a time and, and do that repeatedly is just, just too difficult. So what you can do with robotics though, because you can control each axis individually if you want or program things ahead of time, um, 
all those things become a lot easier. So you can start to create things that just aren't even possible with a manual pedestal. So not only can you redo what, what people have done in the past, but you can go beyond that and create shots that just weren't possible before. And, and that's really what we're seeing with uh, some of our robotics in places where, you know, robots have uh, traditionally been used because you want to increase your operational efficiency. So it's about using robotics for automation, but they're also used in some cases now with the cameras where it's to create shots that aren't possible otherwise. So particularly with things like our Furio Dolly, where you're doing um, high-speed dolly shots, you wouldn't do that with a pedestal. And so it creates a different look that you couldn't possibly produce without the, the advantage of having robotics in there. And Karen, to go along with what, what Bruce just said, I, I would assume that, that some people would say that using robotics takes away the human artistry of you know, of having somebody there doing it in a manual sense. But really, um, when you when you consider what Bruce just said, it, it really combines human artistry with that robotic precision, right? To, you know, create shots and create things that aren't typically possible when you're just using manual movements, right? So it's it's that combination of human artistry and robotic precision that seems so appealing in this case. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think in the past, you know, when, when robotics first came out 40-odd uh, years ago, they were very, um, you know, it was a typical robot, robot that kind of went from A to B. Um, but now um, they've developed so much um, and you can now do continuous moves, you know, and as Bruce said, you can move um, either from one point to another point and then create a nice smooth movement between there, but you can do multiple points. Um, so therefore you can also amend each bit. So if you do one particular move and you think, mm, I don't quite like that, I'd like it to be a bit higher or I would like uh, it to be slightly more zoomed in, you can you can do that minor adjustment by axis only. So given that if you you had to do this in a manual operation you'd probably have to do the whole shot again so um and, and it is difficult you can't do fast uh and, and continuous moves with a manual pedestal um a lot of these pedals are pedestals are quite heavy so it's a case of yes you can move the pedestal relatively fast but you have to stop it uh, and to do that a lot of people use their feet so but with a manual uh, with a robotic pedestal you you can set up your basic shots and then tweak them just by axis by axis so it's a lot more um you can be a lot more creative shots within there um whereas with, as i say with a manual system you would probably have to repeat the whole move again and again and again multiple times so retakes uh whereas with a robotic shot you can just set it up once and then it'd be minor tweaks so you can get the exact shot you're looking for um and i think with the advancements that robotics have over the the recent years uh you've got that fine element uh, that you can move around, um, so it gives it, you know, it gives people that element that they're looking for of the, the creative shots. Um, so it looks like it's a, a manual person controlling that that equipment. So nowadays, it's very difficult to tell the difference. Absolutely. Now, Bruce, we mentioned the, the remote capabilities of all of this, that you can have a more remote workforce. And that's been necessitated due to coronavirus. But do you see this as a trend maybe that will continue even post-coronavirus, uh, having a more remote workforce and, and utilizing the fact that you can be remote when, uh, when performing these functions? Absolutely. You know, we were al already seeing that before this uh, the COVID happened. Uh, we've already got customers who are trying to centralize their operations. And so when you've got stations across the country and you want to uh, reduce costs. One of the ways of doing that is, is centralizing your engineering staff, your operations staff into a central location and producing uh, broadcast remotely. So having a, a, a centralized control room, 
um, that can produce broadcasts in, in remote markets is already starting to happen. So um, this this was something that was beginning even a few years ago that we're seeing. We're just going to see more and more of that. So, Kieran, if someone were to ask how you would summarize the benefits of utilizing robotics in um, in productions, what would be your response? How would you answer that question? So, you know, the, the traditional answer was definitely, um, you know, operational savings and repeatability. Um, and, you know, you can have equipment now, you know, there's not a time limit. It doesn't have to stop for lunch, for example. Um, but now with all the COVID and everything that's been going on, um, it's about the ability to control something from anywhere, um, having, you know, reducing the risks for people in offices, in studios, where, wherever that robot is, um, yet still producing the quality um, and, and being able to create creative shots um, within a studio. Um, one thing to add to what Bruce has just said as well, we've seen uh, a lot of robots being used in places where traditionally robots are never going to, were not used. Um, you know, sports is a prime example. Um, there is a limited number of products um, or robots used in sports. But now what we're seeing is, uh, you know, you can't have 16 people managing a football match. Um, so now they're looking at alternative ways on how to control multiple cameras. And I think that will be going forward. People will want the ability to uh, control more and more cameras uh, from a remote location. So I definitely see that as a trend moving forward. Yeah, I think an example of, of what you're talking about, Karen, is um, the NBA playing in, in Orlando. They have a camera that's moving on a track um, along the side of the, uh, of the basketball court. Because there are no fans, um, there's more space to have this camera in a, in a unique place that's controlled uh, by a robot. And so there are opportunities to place cameras in different places and to utilize robotics in different ways in sports. And that's something that, that as a sports fan, I'm excited to see moving forward. Um, just especially as it provides new camera angles and new ways for fans to engage with the game. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we have an example recently um, in tennis where uh, traditionally there was uh, manual operators. Um, but of course, we can't have manual people, uh, sorry, have manual people. We can't actually have people there. So what we've done is we've put two uh, robotic cameras to do the exact same thing um, because people are used to uh, viewing sports in a particular way now um, and I think using um, they need to replace the manual pe manual or, or people uh, so they've done that using robotics um, what I can see in the future is definitely having more like artificial intelligence making smarter intelligent robotics coming out as well um, and then I think you'll see a lot more robots in sports applications, you know, whether it's for second screens, anything like that, you know, where you see um, some kind of robot maybe tracking one of the more popular players. Um, and I can see that in the future as well. So I can only see, I see COVID is definitely highlighted uh, the requirement. I think in sports, I've always needed robots, but I think with COVID here, it's just kind of pushed that forward to the forefront. We need to do things differently now. Um, and I think that's going to continue in the future now that we can do it. And as I say, with AI, et cetera, and stuff like that coming into the market, um, more acceptance of AI and more acceptance of robots, people will start to use them now again, more in their sports applications. So Bruce, Karen mentioned the future and what excites her about uh, about further development of robots being used in, in sports broadcasts. What excites you about the future of, of robots um, in, in broadcast? 
Well, and I think Karen touched on the main one, which is uh, intelligence. I think if you look at uh, what our camera robotics have been doing in the past, it's been fairly simple, um, you know, and, and we've been improving that with more uh, fluid movement and more dramatic movement. But uh, for the most part, the robots are told what to do. So they're not responding to very much on their own. And I, you know, I think if you look around you now in, in cars and your, your phone, there's so many technologies now that uh, incorporate things like AI. Uh, to build more intelligence into the products. And, and that's really the next step for, for camera robotics. I think there's so many things that you can see uh, that they could be doing on their own. And the more autonomous uh, you can make the robot, the more intelligent you can make them, the more functionality they can take on and the more applications they can do. So, you know, sports is sort of the, to me, the last uh, great opportunity, one of the last, one, one great opportunity in front of us for, for robotics in that, as Karen mentioned, traditionally they've only been used in sort of select places where you couldn't put a camera operator. So maybe uh, hanging off the backboard in, in a basketball game or in the net uh, in a hockey, uh, hockey arena, things like that, where you couldn't put a camera operator, but all the other cameras were manned. Uh, if you can build that intelligence, the intelligence of a camera operator into the robotic system itself, then that will allow you to put more cameras in more places and more venues and, and produce more shows at a much lower cost than they can today. And so it'll expand that market for, for sports broadcasts, really, which is a huge, huge market, as we all know. Absolutely. Well, it's an exciting time to be involved in this marketplace. And so Karen Walker and Bruce Takasaki, thank you so much for joining me today and uh, describing a little bit more about how robots can be used in broadcasts. Thank you, Tyler. It's great talking Thanks, to you. Tyler. Yes.